Hello and welcome to the Beyond Being Well podcast. My name's Meg and this is episode number nine, all about living a values-based life. Today I have my very dear friend Tamsin Casey sitting here with me and we've had a couple of glasses of wine, um, but we really wanted this podcast episode to be kind of like we're all sitting around having a chat together and reflecting on what it takes to live a values-based life, um, both in terms of reaping the benefits of that, but also in terms of having a really real and honest conversation about the sacrifice that is involved in probably leading a heart-centered, more values-based life than just kind of doing what everyone else does and following the prescribed um, career trajectory that was taught to us growing up. So we're going to talk about um, values and how they kind of manifest in our external life, both in work, but also in love, in play and, um, across all areas of our lives, because although we often focus on career, I think Tamsin and I's journey has, um, both kind of been one of trying to find alignment across all areas of our life and integrate them. Um, rather than necessarily favouring one over the other. So to give you a bit of background on who this gorgeous person is, um, so Tamsin and I met when we were doing a mastermind together for health coaches uh, three years ago? Yeah. Three years ago. 14, 15. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we weren't living close by then, but I knew Tamsin lived in... Um, country Victoria near where um, we were wanting to settle and we really fell into a really close friendship quite immediately and we would talk on the phone very often and um, really shared this journey of creating businesses and creating lives that were heart-centered and values-based and although um, we've ended up doing different things we still kind of have that bond and really support each other no matter what we're doing. So Tamsin um, is in her final stages of becoming a naturopath. Um, she's also studied nutrition um, and she also works supporting entrepreneurs, um, particularly well-being entrepreneurs in terms of project management, which is her background. And so she helps um, entrepreneurs really um, create and deliver stellar projects um and she's very very good at it although she would be probably <laughs> um she would be a little bit shy about admitting that so that's Hanson and we're just going to jam it and have a chat yeah. so welcome <laughs> thank you thank you for having me I just told Tamsin, like, don't make a noise. And as I sat back then, my chair just made a fart <laughs> noise. So I'm not moving. Well done, Meg. <laughs> um, so tell me about what what your values are and how you've come to define them. I think actually figuring out what my values were mm. took a lot longer than I actually thought it should or yeah. Yeah, thought it would take. I thought I could just sit down one day with like those values spreadsheets and circle a few and I'd be done. Yeah. And just keep going with the rest of my life. But I think for me there's a few core values mm -hmm. which are really my family, yeah. friends, relationships um, that don't change. But then as I learn more or experience more, I kind of bring other values into my life. Mm. And I think for me a lot that has been around the environment and permaculture, um, simple living, which I'm really getting into. And How many podcasts do you listen to? About six or seven on Simple Living. <laughs> Alone. Yeah, not to mention the nutrition and natural health ones I listen to. Um, and, but I think, yeah, so for me, the centre is really around being close to the people around me, mm. trying to do something with my life that, you know, supports my own health and the health of those around me and supports the health of the world and, you know, if I can as well. 
Um, yeah. So what you're saying is you came to your values through experience as opposed to just like an intellectual exercise. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I think you can get to a few with the intellectual exercise. Mm. You can probably decide, you know, if you're someone that's really driven by um, external career and external value, like external things or more internal looking at your internal your relationships you can probably decide that quite quickly mm. but the other things you have to go through and experience and then go yeah this is really important to me or mm. no that one can kind of go to the side yeah totally and i feel like too sometimes like knowing what your values aren't yeah like, exactly. it's like intuition in that way that like we learn by being like well that doesn't feel good mm. in my body and often like a lot of clients come in they're like um I'm not doing this thing that I should be doing. And it's like, well, it's probably not one of your highest values. And yeah. like, really, like, often their most natural expression of our life is one that's according to our values. Yeah. Don't you, do you agree? Definitely. Yeah. And it's hard because there is so much noise around you. So much. To actually filter that out and decide what you should keep and what's important mm. as opposed to just looking at everyone else and what everyone else is doing and going on oh, maybe that's what I should be doing or yeah. I'm not doing that anymore is that really important that I should have done that and mm. you know maybe I want that maybe I don't yeah it's really it takes a lot of work to filter out what everyone else is doing and actually try and just look at yourself and I think you have to constantly check in totally and to me like it's a body thing like it's a when I'm living in accordance with my values, I feel it in my body. So I would feel like, yes, like family's a value, but how the, how I know that's a value is because when I'm expressing love for my family and when I'm spending quality time with my family, it feels really good in my body. Yeah. Does that mean? Does that yeah. how it works with you as well? Yeah, totally the yeah. same. Yeah. Um, and then just being aware enough that you're paying attention to those feelings and not just like pushing them down or not even noticing. Like yeah. You can go through without even noticing that that feels good. So tell me about how you shed the corporate identity because, and I'm not like, I'm not saying that you have shed corporate because as you will explain, like that's still in your life for a reason, but how did you shed that being your value or you having value around that? I think um, I think it was really around, like, initially when I kind of went to uni and picked a career, I had no idea what I wanted to do, mm. and I just picked something that would make me the most money. Yeah. It's a really good way to start. Yeah. <laughs> I remember our lecturer in first year uni, first subject, was like, so everyone here is the ones that want to make money. Mm. I was like, yeah, sounds yes, good. I'm in the correct room. Yeah, sounds <laughs> good to me. But then I just had no idea what else to do, so I may as well pick something around money. Yeah. So I went through that and then got a corporate job and you kind of just keep, you know, getting the next job and the next job. And initially it was I kept thinking I should go for the next corporate job and climb the ladder to the next level and it was my husband Adam who pointed this out to me he said every time you go for a job solely based on your career you're miserable mm. I was like yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> but what do I do <laughs> but what do I do about it yeah. so I was kind of just taking a look at that and I think initially my first change was okay well I what I valued about being in the corporate was having enough money to support myself mm. but also what I really valued was working from nine to five mm. and when I would take those jobs that meant I was there from seven till seven I didn't have a life outside that mm. um I wasn't happy so the first thing I did was the first kind of small change instead of just going okay I'm going to throw away my corporate career and do something else mm. What I did was I went, okay, I'm going to go contracting in a role that's actually slightly less senior than what I'm doing now, but it means that I know what I'm doing, I can work nine to five, I cannot have the stress, yeah. 
and I can get the same money that I'm doing for the full-time role. Mm. So I think initially it was just making that small change and then going, okay, yeah, this is more, this is better. I've got more time for my family, more time for my friends and things that I value. Mm. And then like that small step led to further steps of going down from five days to four days to three days and finding other areas of interest which ended up being health and nutrition, but I wouldn't have found that if I was working 12 hours a day. Yeah, totally. I love that idea because I just feel like everyone thinks that living a values-based life is a product of throwing everything out and starting again. And I just truly don't believe that. A, because of what you said about we have to go through it to actually feel the rebound in our body and make adjustments. But we also just can't, like, we just can't let go that easily. Like, we're not, we, we need safety, yeah. we need stability. Yeah. We need predictability as humans and as particularly as women. And I just think that's why I talk a lot about this idea of pivoting. Like, just not running to the finish line and chucking everything out. And this whole idea, of like, I need to start from scratch. Because if we started from scratch, you'd go back to being, like, born you know yeah. like that's truly something. yeah you can't undo like no. all your experience and yeah you have to start where you are so plant one foot and then take another step forward and then keep doing that process and i just so resonate with that idea of like you know to be fully like in full disclosure both hands and i like still do contract work in our old careers and even though they're not de- they don't define us they support our other values mm. around family and contribution and teamwork and all the other things that we've had. So can you talk a little bit about maybe the last few years and like stepping in and out of that and how you've managed like the mindset around that? Like how you've not made that a success or failure type scenario? Yeah. I think like it's been difficult for sure. Mm. It's not easy. Um, I think even like to today and yesterday I was checking out LinkedIn and comparing myself to where people in my corporate career equivalents are today as opposed to where I like where I am in inverted commas <laughs> the job people that I could have it. yeah no. I'm doing the inverted fingers. <laughs> but so it's kind of you know it's always going to be there and there's always going to be comparison because that's just also the world we live in mm. at the moment but um, I think because, you know, they've got to balance the fact that there is responsibility. Like we yeah, do absolutely. have families and partners and stuff and mortgages and bills in real life. Mm. And you have to balance the responsibility of, you know, being a person in society and contributing mm. with um, doing things that you probably value more. So... When we met, we were both looking at doing health coaching. Mm. And again, you know, we there's no way that if we sat back when we first met, you could even remotely predict we'd be sitting here having this conversation no. right now. No. Um, and so I think on one hand, like the corporate comes in and out to support the rest of your life mm. and support where I've chosen to live and support my family. But it also has given me space to focus on study of naturopathy mm. and um, that area that I really want to do. And if I had have just gone and thrown it all away when we were doing like a health coaching mastermind, then I wouldn't have had anything to support me and hold me up. Mm. And it would be so much more stressful Yeah. to, to go through that. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, like, I think just knowing why it's there. Yeah, why. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The why thing's, like, m- massive, I think, in terms of, like, I, I feel like a lot of people focus on what you're doing and, yeah. you know, Simon Sinek says it and everyone else has, like, gotten on the bandwagon mm. of why. But I kind of have two things. Like, one is why you're doing it and the other one is how you're doing it. Mm. So, like, you don't have to do the job you used to do with everything on the line. Yeah. Like, 
you know, and I think especially in the social sectors, how we're doing it is so removed from why we're doing it. Yeah. In that how we're doing it is in a is a very masculine like energy and pushing and driving and succeeding and getting promotions and things that are like removing the empathy and humanity out of it and in a way like the focus on career as everything is detracting from the why and so I'm always like let's not talk about what you're doing let's talk about why we're doing it is there supporting our values and then how we're doing it is there space is there time is there reflection is there evolution is there growth is there um, support like yeah. all of those things of like mm. how you're doing something and I know I remember like when I quit my job and then I started this social enterprise and it was just like jumping from whatever that expression is I'm really terrible at analogies but like whatever that expression is from the fire into the oh, yeah. boiling kettle or whatever <laughs> it is and I repeated the exact same thing mm. regardless of what I was working on and then even when I started my business mm. I like burnt out and then mm. when I had Merely, I burnt out. Yeah. <laughs> because I was still adopting this mindset of like all or nothing. I'm all in. And what you're saying is actually like there's lots of different components yeah. that make you happy and fulfilled exactly. and like prioritizing them according to your values yeah. can take that focus off career and work as everything. Yeah, exactly. It's how you live like your whole life. And um, you know, one of my values is to have space and to not be super stressed mm. and work heaps because that's what I had done. And so I wouldn't be able to have that if I threw everything else away because to make a business successful in a really short amount of time, mm. you have to go 24-7. Yeah. And, and neither of us were yeah. willing to do that. No. <laughs> which is why we bonded. <laughs> and we laughed because the, the name of the course that we were doing was like, you know, earning a certain number of Ks in a month was the outcome. And, like, I just said to Tamsin, like, three years later, I finally got close to earning <laughs> this month, like, three years later. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't happen as quickly, no. does it? Yeah. And it certainly doesn't happen without inspiration from yeah, others. Like, exactly. Like, tell me about how much of a personal development junkie you are like how, where you get inspiration from to keep living a values based life yeah so definitely the <laughs> podcast <laughs> slightly obsessed but you spend a lot of time on the train yeah I do spend so a lot of the time on the train my train trip is at least an hour and ten minutes each way so yeah, yeah a lot of time on the train um, I think like I get really like once I learn something and then try and implement it and I get that feedback of the better mm. experience and the better life. I get more addicted to kind of continuing to pivot and change. Um, I think I'm lucky in the fact that my partner is the same yeah. and he's willing to um, do crazy things that I want to do. Yeah. Or comes up with his own because he's also on a personal development journey <laughs> himself. Um, but yeah, like... I don't know, podcast books, or and then like support from coaches. Mm. I don't think I could be. I don't think I would necessarily have the guts to always go through with the decisions that I probably know are right without someone externally mm. helping me through it. Yeah, um, and that generally for me can't be the people that I'm closest to mm. because. Even when they're with their best intentions, people come with their own agenda over the top yeah. of whatever you're doing, even yeah. if they don't know it. Totally. They, their responses are how whatever you're going to change is reflecting on their own life. So yeah. I think you've got to figure that out yourself with the help of someone external. external. And like the sisterhood, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's finding the people that also trying to live a values-based life. Yeah. And we do make each other braver. Like, yeah. we do. The more I'm around people that are doing things differently, the more I'm, like, so inspired yeah. to try things. Exactly. Yeah. Watching other people or, like, even going to group things, mm. like workshops and things where you see other people making changes, like, yeah, I can totally do this too. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just... I think once you get comfortable within yourself... And find those values, then it's easier to push through, 
like what you think people are gonna think yeah agree which is probably not what they actually think and no, no one really cares <laughs> yeah as Damon I said no one cares yeah no offense but no one cares um yeah I agree I think it's that but it's the finding them and then refining them mm. like that is really hard I was just trying to think in terms of like practically how we could help people <laughs> In terms of finding those values. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about following the feelings that feel good. Yeah. We've talked about looking at the expression of your life now and where you're spending time and using that as evidence of what your values are and money, mm. like time and money. Is there anything else that you feel like you've read or heard that might help people just to find find their values like one of the initial exercises i did was literally one of those values based lists yeah and just sitting there um trying not to think about it and feeling the words but circling the ones that resonated with me yeah really quickly yeah um kind of gave me something to start from yeah and to yeah to explore more upon so i think like something like that just as an initial exercise yeah I think that's a really good, and I, and I agree, like, it's that non-intellectualizing, like, mm. feeling into the words and how they fit with you and resonate with mm. you. Really helpful. Yeah. The other thing that I really like, um, which other people do, is describing your perfect day. Mm. So I think that really brings into it your values, because you kind of see who's there yeah. and what's there and what are you spending time doing if your day was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think um, one of the things that people often feel is like, how do I balance all my values mm. at once? Yeah. And I I feel like, you know, this idea that Brooke McCallery but others say as well around tilting is really helpful in that it's not about living all your values every single day. You yeah. know, I have values around connection and freedom and health and um, family and food and lots of nature, like lots of values and passions, but I can't possibly like fit them in every day. And no. I think we've both, both kind of been wellness junkies. Mm, definitely. A little <laughs> bit. And we've both tried to like make wellness stressful. Yeah. And this is the opposite, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, bringing in the parts that you want to bring in, like, and, just going back to the fact that we did start this with a couple of glasses of wine and I am almost <laughs> finished becoming a natru- naturopath. Like, to me, that is a balance. Yeah. Like, there's, being perfect in one area is just way too stressful. Mm. It's about creating. Yeah. Um, like, so, so the practical idea around knowing your values and living from that place is twofold. One, you can let go of shit that you're doing that just isn't you. Yeah. So all the stuff that we'd carry around that we've been conditioned to do and taught to be as women, like immediately you have a a decision-making tool right in front of you to say you have permission to let go of X, Y, Z because that doesn't fulfill you. I go further and say like values and desired feelings, Mm. but they're usually like there's a correlation you have those two things in front of you and you have a choice of a million things to do that day and which by the way like choice equals privilege so let's yeah. not forget that but like you've got a million things to do what is truly going to light you up and fill you up and stop you from having to reach for everything else is to choose something that is aligned with those feelings and values and the more we do that, we're going directly from A to B. Like mm. we're going from where I am now to where I want to go without bypassing a million wellness trends or yeah. things that other people say you should do because you're like, I'm here, I want to get to that feeling or that value, what do I need to do? And it just simplifies stuff. And so the fact that like you talked about slow living, simple living, it's this idea of not, not doing things and not being passionate but choosing to prioritize our time around and money and effort around the things that truly do like light us up and resonate with us. Yeah, exactly. And I think like that path along the way, Mm. 
I think also getting comfortable with the fact that you might make decisions that are based on your values at the time that you want to change later. Yeah. And that's totally okay as well. Yeah. Like we, we've all made, and I don't think you can know where you're going to end up. Like anyone that thinks that they can plan their life Mm. and it's going to look like that's coming from a project manager. (laughs) That's FYI. I'd recommend planning. (laughs) However, it's not going to look like what you thought it was going to look like. Mm. And so you made a decision based on what you thought it was going to look like. And it's okay if you want to change your mind mm. based on what it does look like. Or you've, you've del- delved deeper into a value and you're like, actually, this was kind of only halfway towards that. Mm. I want to go a bit further. Yeah. Or it was, yeah. we misread the value. Yeah. Right? As I see that a lot of like, I thought it was this, but it's actually this. Yeah. So glad I tried that because... No, I learned that, yeah, exactly. You know, and I, I totally feel that. I think women, you know, you listen to Tim Ferriss, which don't because it's competition to this podcast. No. I mean, no way competing with Tim Ferriss. I love him. You listen to Tim Ferriss talking about biohacking and finding uh, peak performance as a human, and mm. it's such masculine language. Mm. And I feel like this idea around change but doing it feeling supported and safely, like that's what women need. Yeah. And women need praise. Women don't need challenge and and like all or nothing and fear. And like we just, that's yeah. not how we feel safe making change. Whereas men, like they love going out on a limb and like literally. Yeah, risking it all. Risking it yeah. all. That, that like turns them on. Mm. Literally it turns them on. Yeah. But women respond differently. And I think, our version of finding values is so much more around compassion and um, support and trying things with an idea about learning more rather than like getting from A to B mm. like, immediately. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you will learn things that you didn't know along the way that will change the way you're going. Mm. Like I don't know if you guys would have been moving to the house you're now moving to if you hadn't have lived where you are living of course now. Of not, yeah. And we wouldn't have lived here if we hadn't have house sat yeah. in this area. And we wouldn't have house sat unless we'd gone to Burma. Like, there's so many... It is. It's just that thing. So, on that, I think that's a good segue. Like, how did you decide... Like, how much do you think place is important to living a values-based life? For me, it's very important. Mm. Um, I live in the country on 40 acres where I can only literally see one neighbor's house. Um, but I am more in with community than I ever was living in the burbs surrounded by all of the neighbors. Yeah. Um, so for me, for me, it was, you know, a combination of the values of health. I wanted to be out in nature, be able to grow my own food and the combination of like really just wanting to be close to family and the really important people in my life and like me yeah like you <laughs> I, I did you. I did spend you a lot of time first. convincing you to move here <laughs> <I know you. laughs> success success and yeah so for me the the things that the city brought of a faster life and people everywhere just wasn't something I wanted to be a part of. I'm a massive introvert as well, so that quiet time, yeah, is really what I need. So also, I think, plays a part into figuring out what you need as a person. Mm. But, yeah, it's huge, I think. Yeah. It is for me too, but I've kind of been pondering it because I feel like... I heard this really good podcast the other day... (laughs) Talking about this lead gene that people have. So some people, their lead gene is career. Mm. And so they'll make that the cornerstone of how yeah. they make decisions. Whereas some people's lead gene is place. And I feel like like when you imagined your future, it was really place-based. Yeah. And for me, it was always country. Like it's yeah. always openness. Mm. And so I feel like that's one of my lead genes. But I think what happened with us is when we made the decision to move, there have been so much, um, not stagnation, that's not the right word, 
there was a block like in terms of us getting work and I was 36 weeks pregnant and there was like something had to shift and we were like stubbornly in a standoff with the universe about what mm. was going to shift and then suddenly we were like well let's just move like to the country it's something we really want it was a value yeah it was coming from a heart-centered place and making that decision to move away from the city and really honor what we felt like was important to us at that time created this epic shift in a whole lot of other areas and so I think that's what happens with our values too is like you choose one thing to change and like you said it could be tiny a tiny perspective shift even but other things fall in around it like your values support that decision and it usually is going to meet like a number of your values by making a decision like that that it feels really heart-centered and so suddenly we moved and then Dave got a job locally and and like it just everything just shifted Shifted, yeah and we couldn't have done that by intellectualizing it and waiting for something to happen because it never would have happened values-based living is refinement yeah and and it's failure like can you talk about some of the failures like that have got you to actually refine your values and allowed you to recognize what you didn't want yeah um like when we did move Initially, we made this similar kind of decision. I was still working five days mm. in corporate. And then I really wanted to not be doing that at all and trying to do mostly my own business. Yeah. But trying to get that up was just too hard. And I don't think I was following really what... I don't think I was actually following my values in that when I look mm. back on it, but I couldn't yeah. see it at the time. Um, and the way you were doing yeah, it wasn't following your values. Exactly. Too much pressure. So I feel like I was pushing against myself the way I was doing it. Yeah. So that just didn't work. And then when since we've been up here, we've been starting a business for my husband as well, which has had massive ups and downs the whole mm. last couple of years. And we're constantly pivoting on that and making decisions about how we're going to run it what's the best thing to do and you know even still in the middle of a big undecided decision about what we're going to do about it but I think things like they might seem like they're failing or not working and then you might stop doing something but as you said other things then open up Mm. and they won't open up until you stop doing them yeah yeah I remember when we did move up here and when we bought the house, we had a four-month settlement. And when we bought the house, I was working five days a week and that's what I thought I was going to be doing. And Adam had put out to the universe without telling me (laughs) that he didn't want me to get a new job until we got the keys because, like, the whole loan was based on my job. Yeah. And then literally... The day we picked up the keys, about an hour later, I got called about a four-day-a-week job. <laughs> so, like, you have to just keep going and yeah. make the decision and then something will change. Based on, like, the opportunities that are in front of you. Yeah, though, exactly. Like, and it's okay if things don't work out. Like, It's just fine. hilarious, like, hearing Tazza talk like this because if you knew her, like, a couple of years ago... And even now, like, this is not someone that is, like, this fearless, like, entrepreneurial spirit. Like, she is. But she's also, like, we've all got, like, scarcity stuff. And, like, for you, the way, you know, your upbringing, like, a lot of things play into that. But, like, I remember this really big shift happening. And I feel like because you've tried so many different things and you've been willing to grow, you've gotten to this place where you're, like, a couple of times you like, well, didn't know how you're going to pay your mortgage. No, yeah. And you just said to me, like, I've got, it's worked out until now. And yeah. in the most, like, ridiculous, like, serendipitous ways. Mm. And it's almost like I think we both realise now in a hilarious fashion how supported we are. Yeah. And how close we've come to, like, what we think is, like, the worst case scenario. Mm. It's actually not. No, we've got safety not. nets where yeah. we're very lucky, but, like... We think we're getting to the brink of like not being able to pay rent yeah, or like exactly. whatever, and it's actually things work out. Yeah, things do work out. 
And I think like lots of people don't take those steps or those leaps because I think it might not work out. Mm. But for me, the question always is, what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. Like the worst that's going to happen if, you know, the right now the project management work that I'm doing is not the corporate stuff that I had previously done. It's more short-term job-based. And the worst that happens if that doesn't work out is I go back and get another corporate job. Yeah. The worst that happens if I set up my naturopathy practice and no one turns up is I go back and get another job. Yeah. And so you kind of go, okay. And the worst that would happen if I couldn't get one of those jobs is I'd go pull some beer at a bar. Yeah. It's not going to be the end of the world. Like, you'd be serving me. Yeah. (laughs) I know. And I think... But I think that that's... Yeah, we spend so much time projecting about... About worst-case scenarios that... Prevents us from, like, even pivoting tiny. Yeah, exactly. You know, creates so much overwhelm because we're like, I'm here and I want to be over there and it's such a big distance. Yeah. But literally the only way over there is to start pivoting, like to start taking small steps that honour ourselves. Like this is what the practice is of living a value space. Like on a really practical note, it's like that every day being like, how can I honour something in myself today? Mm. And what do you, like, what would you say to someone that knows that they're not living a values-based life necessarily, but there's too much stuff in the way to even acknowledge that. You know, like maybe someone that is like, yeah, I totally resonate with what you say, but I just can't. Like, I just can't shift. I can't change. Like, I've, I've got to do this. I've got kids. I've got a mortgage. Like, mm. what, what would you say? Like, I think the answer is that you can, but... No one's going to believe that. So what I would want someone to do is just firstly do those exercises about what their values are. Yeah. And it is hard. Like a lot of the time we see people on like online or in our social circles, even especially with social media that we think they can make the change because they've got Mm. support or they can make the change because they're not a mum, or they can make the change because they've got a husband that's, earning money and supporting them and like we're both examples of things where all those things aren't the case yeah so in my relationship I'm the breadwinner yeah and the whether the mortgage gets paid really is determined on me but so I could have just gone I'm not going to change yeah and I think it's just for someone that knows that they want to be somewhere that they're not, but they can't just drop everything, which most people can't Mm. looking at the really small change they can make Mm. to send them in that way. Mm. So even if that's like in your current job, finding, um, an area maybe that's like a volunteer to do some extra work. Like if you're really into wellness, can you go and help out the, you know, health and wellbeing team in work? Like, mm. it can be something so tiny yeah, to just push you a little bit into something a bit more aligned. And I also think think outside the square. Yeah, totally. Because, the form, yeah. The form does not matter. It's not like, yeah, people think, okay, we'll I have to just be doing all this job or all that job. Mm. And also asking for what you want. Like half the time, the people people that we work for will probably say yes, but we never even ask. Like if you want to go down to four days and you just assume your boss is going to say no, like they're probably actually going to say yes. Yeah. It's a huge thing, you know, with women like, and it's only in probably in the last six months that I've gotten a lot more comfortable in my old work saying what I will and won't do for money and for contract work and even in my business I'm much better at saying you know boundaries and what I and what I can and can't take on but it's such a again like you you never know that lesson until you do it yeah until you ask and you see the rebound yeah and I feel like it's an embodiment like it's like we we only learn 
on a cellular level through experience. Like yeah. we cannot learn this stuff intellectually. No. And I just can't like cannot express that enough. Um, but I feel like for that person too that just feels so overwhelmed, um, to remember that the cycle of change starts with research and starts with thinking and starts with like actually an acknowledgement of what's not working. Mm. We both got here from an acknowledgement of what we didn't want. And only now are we probably getting clear on what we do want. But even that is still changing. It's still changing, Like, we've been trying to get someone to come to Melbourne to to teach us, one of these coaches that we've worked with, to teach us to provide clarity on what's next for us because it's not clear whereas it has been before. And I think that clarity comes and goes and that's okay. But, like, acknowledging just what is not working. And in a way, it's like holding your hand on your heart and saying, I'm here for you, like, I can hear you, you Mm. know. And that is so profound and so massive in a world where we're taught to unfeel and disconnect and to see emotion as weakness, to actually say, hey, I'm really sad right now. I'm really unfulfilled. I'm really unaligned. I feel like my soul is shriveling and dying in this job or that staying at home or, you know, whatever it is, just to acknowledge it and to not even do it for an outcome, but just to release and to like the seeds into the universe, basically. It's just like to release the intention for something to shift. You know, you, you look at every famous author in the world who has written about this stuff and it's all the seeds of change come from, that moment of like I, I can't do this anymore like that moment of breaking point of like I'm done I'm done with this and never underestimate the power of prayer or intention or however your practice looks or lying on the bathroom floor crying in Elizabeth Gilbert's case <laughs> never underestimate that power of like acknowledgement mm. I think what do you think holds people back the most from making that change um, fear of not being loved. Yeah. Mm. Fear of not being loved by particularly family. Mm. If I do this, then, you know, the I can't comes from a place of I'm choosing not to because if I do, I might lose love and belonging. And humans are really like belonging animals. And women are like so programmed to be tuned into like, community and belonging and needing to be part of that collective and in that way that's how we've hijacked ourselves too because we've been taught to put the collective's needs above our own and that's fear that if we change then we won't be lovable is so strong and so all-consuming that it manifests in all sorts of different Mm. ways anxiety autoimmune health like whatever you want to depression but deep down it's a disconnect from self Mm. and a a long process of ignoring signals that your body or your soul has been sending because that's culturally acceptable to do what do you think push it down yeah definitely fear um and it's kind of the same in like fear of what other people are going to think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How's it going to look? Yeah. To other people. Yeah. Especially, I think parents. Mm. Parents are like big, it's the big really, wound, isn't it? Yeah. Traditional. On what like the path you're supposed to follow and what Success you're supposed to do, is. and yeah. And that's why, like, we just can't do it alone. Like, yeah. If I teach a lot, you know, this this idea around the cycles of change and knowing as women how cycles affect us and knowing that in your winter in that moment on the bathroom floor that you are creating seeds for a new future and then you will go into spring and in spring you will walk into a bookshop and you'll see a book and you'll be like oh that feels really good like that's what I want to think about that's what I'm passionate about Mm. and then in spring you start noticing things and you start bringing your mindful attention to like what does feel good and what doesn't feel good and you can start to hatch these plans but as Tamsin said the planning is so integral because it helps us feel safe but then my job is like Tamsin if we were to start a business this is a good idea (laughs) 
Tantalism would help you plan it and to feel that in your body because it feels so good. But then there's the feminine of like following intuition within that plan Mm. and allowing the plan to unfold on a better scale than even you possibly ever could plan for. Because even if you get the outcome that you wanted on paper, it doesn't look the way your mind had it. Ever. In the start. Ever, 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 ever. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, like, how much my suffering (laughs) is because I can't let go of the form of what I think it should look like. I would say 99% of my suffering is related to that. Okay, that's what I (laughs) But, and then then we go into the summer where we start putting plans in place and trying things and feeling the rebound in our bodies and in our lives and... And seeing the impact that actually our fulfillment has on other people, yeah, particularly those we love, which mm. is the other reason I hear a lot is I can't do it because people are relying on me. Actually, if you were fulfilled and happy and feeling purposeful yeah. and aligned with your exactly. values, you're really much so much more enjoyable to be around. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you give other things like now I have way more time for, say, my dad who I live really close to mm. than I would if I was working in the city five days a week, yeah, you get other benefits. And yes, probably he still doesn't understand what I do for work. But that's fine. You just let that go. Yeah. I, um, I, in parenting too, like I can't tell you how much spaciousness impacts my parenting. Mm. Impacts how much I spend money. Ironically, the less we work, the less money we spend. Yeah. Would you think that's Absolutely. accurate? You spend what you make, no matter how make, much it is. And you spend for convenience when yeah. you're busy. Um, so in summer, that's like the time of like, oh, like harvesting those seeds that you planted and reaping the benefits of change and feeling how good that feels. And then inevitably something will come up, a stressor will come in or something. And that's when we move into that autumn phase. Mm reflection evaluation what's working what's not working and then back into winter and that's the cycle of the feminine nature everything and when we try and go against that and do linear Mm. masculine approach to change like it just doesn't work and it's that upward spiral of you know staircase of like i'm circling yes but i'm always moving up and i'm seeing things from a new perspective every time i come around because like you would agree that it's the same shit coming around in your yeah. life. In terms it's of like big ways. wounds yeah. that hold you back in big fears. It's yeah, the exactly. same stuff, isn't it? The same it? stuff. Yeah, it just <laughs> comes back in a different form to just remind you yeah. that it's here. And unless, if you didn't do it slowly, you'd never even acknowledge it or try and work with it at that point in time. Mm. And you can get past what it's affecting right now, but it will... Like, yeah, it just comes back in a different form. Every time. And, you know, back to what you were saying about the kind of the journey. Mm. It's like, there's no quick fixes. Yeah. Ever. Like, there's no... We've tried them all. 10 kilos in 10 days. (laughs) We've tried. Incorrect. (laughs) With your health, I think even most of the time we we know that, even if you just take health into account, like, you know that if you need to get healthy or lose weight or whatever it is, heal yourself. It's going to take time to do it right. Yet we still fall for the like, you know, I'm going to lose the last 10 kilos in the next month and then everything's going to be totally fine. Yeah, everything's going to be perfect. But to do it properly and sustainably is a journey where we're going to learn about ourselves, Mm -hmm. feel what foods are good for us, feel how much, you know, sleep we need, all these other aspects of our health along the way. And the same is with career. Like, mm. there is no, you're going to make 30K in the next 30 days. <laughs> We've tried. <laughs> Again, it doesn't exist. <laughs> but if you want to actually make a sustainable change, then you have to go through the journey. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to start a business. No, you I don't like, have to. Yeah. I mean, people come at me all the time and yeah. like, that I could never start a business. I'm like, I'm not yeah, telling you to start, start a business. business no. Actually, it probably makes it way harder to right, start a business. It's a worse decision It's ever. a worse decision. No, it's not. Like, it's, it's amazing. But it's also just like, if that doesn't feel good for you, don't do it because someone else is doing it. Yeah. No. There was something I was going to say, and it's just escaped me, but it was around... Um, yeah, like, actually, ironically, just to finish up this podcast, like... 
the journey is so much juicier than getting to your yeah, babies. Exactly. Like actually like the everyday reality of living a values-based life isn't unicorns and rainbows yeah. and actually the everyday of living a values-based life is a continual letting go of the unimportant shit and remembering the important stuff and then yeah. spending time and money on that. Yeah. And that's not sexy no. and that doesn't like yeah. look great on Instagram yeah. <laughs> or sometimes it does but it doesn't always. You get the right angle. You get the right <laughs> angle and the sun's in a certain way. Get, get the kid out of the background. Get really cool but like a, lot, a values-based life is just as messy, just as challenging just there's as many winters as any other life except that the journey through it is more exquisite i would say and and i feel like the greatest gift in it has been and and we are very lucky with our partners but has been co-creating a life that has meaning yeah which is filled with all the present moments mm. of meaning within that yeah. that creates a whole that has meaning yeah. and I think that that is truly fulfilling yeah. and truly worth going through all the challenge yeah. for it makes me think of those um, that article like the five regrets of, of dying. the dying and Always. one of them is like not living a life true to yourself and like that's what you're trying to do the whole time is just that, figure mean, out who you are, what you value, and live that's your it. life, and live it accordingly. Yeah, and actually, like the unexpected flow on to other people is so much more profound mm. than you would ever yeah. understand. And I think we're both like really babies in this journey, mm. just beginning to see the power of actually doing what's right for us and how that flows on to other people because it's really truly giving other people permission to do that too. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what's going to change the world. Yeah, absolutely. One woman at a time. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I could just Thank keep you. banging on all night. <laughs> it's getting dark and we're out of wine. So um, thanks for joining us. I've loved Thank it. Thank you. And where can people find you? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> probably she deleted best, her yeah. website. Probably so. the best place is my Instagram. Yeah. Right now. Which is just my name, Tamsin Casey. Uh, find me there. Awesome. Yeah. You will see her value space life there. Yes. There's lots Unicorns of photos of puppies. <laughs> She's got beautiful puppies. Um, until next time, I'd love to hear your feedback on this podcast. Any questions, comments, or um, your version of your value space life to share with others. Until next time, we hope you have a wonderful day. See ya.